Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. from you so pop in the comments say hello uh, interact with this post and then number two hit the share button I think that today what we're going to talk about something that's fresh in my spirit something that I've been diving and digging into and is really powerful thinking about the anointing you know the missing element to miracles to signs to wonders the missing element to ministry in a lot of people's lives uh, and I'll say not only ministry the missing element to just Christian life so we're going to talk about that. You guys pop on. I'd love to hear from you today. Let's see. I don't see an option to send this. Share this to a group. No, it's not what I want to do. All right, whatever. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Let me just take a moment and begin by thanking Jesus. So, Father, I thank you. I love you. I praise your holy name. Thank you for this word, Jesus. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you that every person that hops on this broadcast today, you're going to speak to them. Lord, you're going to help every person. You have a word that you're wanting to get to them. You're having something you're wanting to get across. Lord, and I just declare this. You're making your appeal to them through me. So, Lord, let it not be me. Let them understand that this is you. You're speaking to them. That there's a revelation waiting for them in this broadcast, in this message, that you are going to impart something to them. You're going to teach them something. You're going to open their eyes in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, as I said, this is called a quest for power. A quest for power. So, what kind of birthed this and me is, you know, I started looking at the word, the anointing in the Bible. And, it, you know, I think, I've kind of just pondered this. I've pondered, why is it that in the Bible that they seem to carry a very real, tangible, measurable power or substance? And today, we've completely watered that down and just made up for it like, oh, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, of faith. It's, it's not you walk by faith and not by sight, which is all of that is true. But I feel like we've taken away from the tangible, measurable, very real substance that is known as the power or the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the anointing. So I've been on this quest, so to speak, this quest for power. That's what I entitled this. I preached this message last night to our youth and our children's church, a quest for power. I want the actual power of God. I want the measurable power of God, the power that opens blind eyes. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow. So let's just go in. I just, you guys, this is so fresh. I have a few thoughts that I've written down and I want to share them with you and I pray that it blesses you. So number one, look at this. I don't know which one I want to give, but let's just start with this. 
You must have, number one, you must have the scriptures and power. So I was reading something that I'm going to share with you. And it, I, I, I've never seen this and I saw it for the first time. This is in Matthew 22, 29. Matthew 22, 29. And I'm also going to couple it with Isaiah 10, 27. So if you have a reference, you're taking notes on anything, write down Matthew 22, 29, Isaiah 10, 27. This is what the Bible says. It says, Jesus replied. He told the Pharisees, he told the people he was speaking to, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. So he said, there's two things here. I've read that a hundred times and I've just completely missed it. There's two things. You don't know the scripture and you don't know the power of God. You don't know the scripture and you don't know the power of God. When I read that, the Holy Ghost said, John, there's a distinction between those two things. And you have to have both in order to be effective. Jesus went around and he taught the word, but he did not only teach the word. He backed the word up with signs, wonders and miracles. You have to have, yes, the Bible, but you also have to have the power. You don't know the power of God. And if you're lacking in one of those, you know, which I actually haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody in our modern time that's running around and raising the dead and, and signs, wonders, and miracles are following them and they have horrible doctrine. Uh, you, you know, you've heard about those things like in the Voice of Healing movement. There was guys that were anointed that were like opening blind eyes and deaf ears, but yet they had to have somebody else come up. Gordon Lindsay, during the Voice of Healing movement, came up and taught the Word of God because their teaching was just so whack. But, but here's a formula. You have to have the Scripture and the power of God. What we've missed is we the, nowadays... Pastors, preachers, ministers only carry one of these two elements, which is the scripture. Guys, and, and we're missing so much. So it's like the Lord showed me. He said, John, you could get up there and you could preach the Bible, which is powerful. The word of God is powerful. It produces results. It, you know, it never returns void. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes, the Word of God is powerful. It's the seed that is sown. You sow the Word. It produces a result in any community, person, city, uh, generation that it's sown into. But he said there's many, there's many preachers, there's many men, there's many women that they have the Scripture down. They can get up there and preach every single word of this is true. Their message is correct. What they're saying, you can say, hallelujah, that's right, that's absolutely correct. But yet, there's still no miracles. There's still no, there's this other missing element, the power. He said, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power. You have to have the scriptures and you have to have the power. So let me just show you something. Isaiah 10, 27, look what it says. And it shall come to pass, I'm going to read it to you in the King James, it shall come to pass that his burden shall, shall be taken away off thy shoulder and his yoke from thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. So the anointing lifts the heavy burden and the yoke of the devil is destroyed by the anointing. We're going to look at the anointing. What is that? But that's the power of God. And so here's my point, guys. We can preach all day long. We can stand up there, preach good messages, preach from the Bible, give the greatest sermon illustrations with a bucket and our long T-shirts and our skinny jeans on. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> there's also people that wear cowboy boots that, that are falling into the same category. We could give the most 
uh, elaborate illustration ever to, to something in the Bible that people are like, oh man, that's so good, that's, that's wonderful, I like that, I love that, that's great. But without the anointing, only the anointing can break the devil's back, can lift off the yoke of bondage. We need power and we need the scriptures. And that's what I'm going for. I want to be a, a man of God, a person that carries both, that carries sound doctrine, that teaches the Word of God, but it's not just a bunch of philosophy. And that's what Christianity is to a lot of people, guys. It's simply just a bunch of, this is just a book that we teach a better way to think, right? Let me teach you how to be a better you. Let me just teach you how to have some positive ways of thinking. And we just teach this book like, like it's a philosophical book. And it's just words on a page. It's just a dead religion. That's why we need the power. The power breaks the yoke of bondage. The power, the anointing, is what literally opens blind eyes, opens deaf ears. We have to have both. You can't just have the scripture and no power. If you do, you get religion. You get a bunch of words on a page and code that man follows, but there's no power. So this is something I want you to see, the power. We're going to talk about the power today. The power. Hallelujah. I have my second point here I'm trying to determine. Is that where I want to go? Let me go ahead and skip on down and I'll come back to this. We're talking about the power. Let's look at this. What is this power? I want you to write this down. The power is dot, dot, dot. The power is tangible, say measurable. The power is real. You know, when you read the Bible, the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. And what is the Spirit that's upon me? God, basically, He's saying God has placed something on me known as the power, known as the anointing. What does it allow me to do? Open, set the captives free. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the ears of the deaf. Uh, literally, liberate those who are held bondage. Bind up the brokenhearted. The power, the power that Jesus carried. I want to tell you something, guys. It was something that could actually be felt. It was a tangible, measurable presence power. So write that down. The power of God is real. It's tangible. What do I mean by tangible? The Bible actually teaches that what is the power of God? It can be felt. It can be experienced. It's not just like I'm going to close my eyes and somebody lays hands on me and then, okay, go back to your seat. Nothing happened. It's, it's power. It's dynamo. It's dynamite. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Hallelujah. The power is tangible. It's measurable. It's real. I want you to get this as well. You can't fake it. The power of God is not just jumping and screaming and shouting and rolling around. That's great whenever you get hit with the joy, when you get excited. And I mean, that's, some way, that's ways that some people minister, but that's not the power. The power of God is undeniable. It's distinct. It's a real substance. It's measurable. I know in Christianity today that this is all just a bunch of, like I said, philosophical, uh, theological ideas. Just a, a, way, a, a way of living that I've adapted to. That's not the power of God. The power of God is real. It's tangible. It's measurable. You can't fake it. You can tell when someone carries the power and when someone doesn't carry the power. You know, and as I said, somebody can actually get up and preach a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful message and not have the power. 
Because Jesus said, you, you don't know the scripture and you don't know the power of God. They're two separate things. So look at this. Look at Acts 1.8. Let's look at this. I'm going to skip around a little bit. And I know this is kind of a teaching, but that's okay. Because this is the key to life. This is the key to everything, this power that I'm talking about. Look at this promise that Jesus gave us in Acts 1.8. He said, you will receive power. I want you to say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. That word power that in the Greek that's used there is the word dunamis. It literally means strength. It means ability. I'll give you the full definition. It means inherit power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts or puts forth. So I want you guys to get this. Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will actually receive a, a measurable substance that is, that is powerful, that you can feel, that you can experience, and that you can actually exert or put forth. Isn't that crazy? That you'll have something that's on you that you have the ability to literally exert or put forth and transfer into somebody, which is the anointing power that breaks the yoke of bondage. That's why people don't understand the fundamentals of Christianity. Why, why, last year, why, why don't we shut our churches down and let's just have service online? You don't understand. The it's literally, it's not just about a service. It's not just about listening to somebody preach. It's literally a transfer of power that God has given a man or woman of God who has the anointing, the substance that literally can be transferred into you and do everything from cast the devil out of you to open up blind eyes, to open up deaf ears, to open up a mute, to, to, uh, to loose a mute tongue, to lift a cripple out of a wheelchair. It's, it's a real substance that can be felt and experienced and measured. I'll prove it to you. So he used that word, you shall receive power. So look at this. This power was the same power that Jesus had. And I know that because look at this. In Acts 1.8, the word power is dunamis. You shall receive power. This was the promise. You shall receive dunamis. Now look over at Luke 8.48. Let's read that. It's actually going to be in verse 46. But we'll read down through 48. Luke 8. Look at verse 46. So, skip back up actually to verse 44. This is the story a lot of you know. The woman with the issue of blood. This woman had been bleeding for many years. The Bible says she thought to herself, If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. Verse 44 of Luke 8. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Look at that. I felt. Say, I felt. Healing power. Say, power. You know what that word power is? It's the word dunamis. It's the same word used in Acts 1.8. You shall receive dunamis. This is the substance that Jesus carried. It was real. It was measurable. It could be felt. It could be experienced. That literally, he, he didn't even pray for this person. 
He carried the substance, the power, the anointing, the spirit that was... I believe that Jesus could literally feel the spirit surging on him. He could feel it inside of him. He wasn't just like, oh, hallelujah, you know, I'm praising by faith right now. He could actually feel the substance of heaven. And when this woman reached up and touched him, it says that he felt dunamis. He felt power go out from him. The same thing that said in Acts 1, you shall receive dunamis. So apparently, the thing that we are to receive as Christians is the same measurable, tangible, able to be experienced power that Jesus Christ walked in. Hallelujah. We've watered it down so much. We've watered it down to just teaching, just just a bunch of, I'll actually show you a scripture. Just a bunch of philosophical, hey, let me just teach you a Bible message and, and, and encourage you a little bit and send you on your way. No, there's an actual power that a believer can carry. So he said he felt it. So the power that is promised to me and you can be felt. Jesus felt. He said, I felt power go out from me. So look at Acts 4. I'm sorry, look at 1 Corinthians 4, 19 through 20. First Corinthians four, nineteen through twenty. It says this. Paul, so let me give you some context. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. There had been some people that had began to assert themselves as, you know, quote unquote teachers over the Corinthian church. They came in, started trying to claim their superiority. This is what Paul said. He said, I'll come soon if the Lord lets me and I'll find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's power. So look at this, this power. And I see people hopping off, man, this is so sad because this is like the the most amazing thing that will change your life forever. The power that was known in the New Testament through Jesus, through Apostle Paul, through Apostle Peter, through the church. It was not some like sub little small doctrine. It was literally, it was the indicator. You could know what a person had. You could know the quality of a minister. So what basically what Paul was saying is I'm going to come and I'm going to see that word. I'm going to see if they just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's. The word power there is dunamis. You shall receive dunamis when the spirit comes upon you. Jesus was walking through the crowd and a woman touched him and he felt dunamis released from him, power released from him. Paul said, when I come, I'm going to see if that preacher just preaches the word, if he just preaches this like it's a like it's a book that he's teaching other people or he actually carries the dunamis. It's a substance that can be felt, experienced, measured. I'm going to look and I'm going to tell because I can feel it. How did Paul know that? He had it. He carried the substance. He could feel it on him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He felt it on him. He felt it surging through him. And he said, when I see somebody lead and minister, I'll be able to identify if they carry that substance from heaven or if they don't. If they don't, they're not anointed by God. They have not really been anointed by God. They're just up here teaching a dead Bible, a dead message. It can be felt. Say, it can be felt. It can be experienced. Acts 8 
9 through 23. I'm going to give you some application to this in just a moment when I wrap this up. Acts 8, 9 through 23. So it says this. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from least to greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he astounded them with his magic. But now the people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began to follow Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles that Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the Spirit was given... When the apostle laid their hands on the people, he offered them money to buy this power. So hold on a second. Let me just let me just kind of take a step back here. Peter and John literally came to these new believers and and Simon, who was a sorcerer, was just watching from a third person perspective, watching them and saw that they carried an actual substance. It wasn't just like Oh, okay, I'm going to pray for you. No, like literally, they carried something that, boom, when they laid their hands on people, it was like a cannon. It was like dynamite being released. And that when they laid their hands on these new believers, they received the Holy Ghost. They received the power of heaven. This was a substance that was measurable, tangible. It could be transferred to other people. Simon saw it and said, I want to buy it. So let's finish reading. He says, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, verse 19, so when I lay my hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with your thinking that God's gift can be bought. So what do you need to understand about this? This is a gift. It can't be bought. It can't be, you know, uh, if I just get the right person to lay hands on me, I'll receive it. No, it's a gift that can only be received by God. And here's another key to it. You can have no part in this. Why? For your heart is not right with God. Your heart is not right with God. So what's the key? You may be listening to this saying, Jesus, my relationship with you has literally just like, I don't feel anything. I just, you know, it's just a message that that I believe is true, that I hold true in my mind, but I don't really feel anything. I don't see signs, miracles, wonders. I don't see power. I don't feel the Spirit of God surging through my body. And I want that, Lord. I want the tangible, measurable power of the Holy Ghost. What do I need to do? Number one, your heart. God looks at your heart. You have to get your heart right before the Lord. You have to get your heart pure before the Lord. I'll tell you even a key to the gifts of the Spirit. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's an entire chapter that breaks down gifts of the Spirit. But then in 1 Corinthians 13, everybody knows it's the love chapter. He says, let me show you a way that's superior to all. And he goes on to talk about love. So I'm trying to put all this together. Purity of heart. 
Why do you want the power of God? Is it because you want platform? Is it because you want doors to open up for you and you want to astound people? Or do you want the power of God because your heart breaks for your generation? Your heart breaks for your city. Your heart breaks for those that are bound. Your heart breaks for those that are deaf and blind and that are paralytics and, and, and that are bound by the oppression of the devil that literally you shed tears saying, Lord, somebody needs to set them free. It's got to be somebody. Somebody needs to come with the power. Somebody needs to come with more than just a message. Somebody needs to come with this dunamis, dynamite, substance power where we can lay our hands on people and it will be a transfer and they, the, the yoke of bondage will be lifted. God will only give it to you when your heart is pure. When your heart is pure. And you believe. Your heart is purified by the message of faith. You have to believe. You have to have faith. You have to have an expectation. This was also interesting. Jesus carried the tangible, so it was tangible. It was real. It could be experienced. I guarantee when that woman, you know, when that woman touched Jesus, she felt, whoo, like, I, I mean, I can feel the Holy Ghost right now. She felt like she had just touched a light socket. You know, I guarantee she felt like, she, man, I just felt like I shoved a fork or something into a light socket. She felt that transfer of power. She felt it surge through her body. This is interesting. When you read in Luke chapter 8, Jesus said, who touched me? His disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Jesus, you're walking through a crowd. What does that mean? There were many people bumping elbows with him. There were many people, probably like a celebrity, reaching out, you know, reaching over the crowd, patting them on the shoulders, and yet they didn't feel the surge. They didn't get an impartation of power. They didn't get the blessing from the Holy Ghost. What was the difference between all of those people that were touching and the woman with the issue of blood? She touched Jesus with an expectation to receive. She touched Jesus with faith. She had faith when she touched Jesus. So here's another key. How can I get access into the power? How can I, how can I receive the power of God in my life? Faith. You need a pure heart. Why do you want it? Number two, by faith. You have to literally begin to put a demand on the power of God with your faith. Actually believe. We're so trained to just microwave everything. Actually believe to have an encounter with God. You know, you want the power of God? You want, to, you want to experience the Holy Ghost? Go lock yourself away in a quiet place. Lift your hands to heaven and set your expectation to actually experience something. I, Lord, I actually believe I'm going to feel something. I actually believe that I'm going to feel your, your, your spirit coming upon me, refreshing me, rejuvenating me. When you go into a church service... Guys, and this is what I'm saying. I know in small church, everybody's friends, everybody's family, and it just becomes common and normal. But you have to come with an expectation. When you come around somebody who carries, who has God's power, like I said, they could touch you all day long. Touching does nothing. It's your faith. It's your faith that, that literally connects the dots, that makes the, puts the conduit together and allows the power and the anointing of God to flow into you for you to receive your miracle. You can come in, you know, it's the same thing. It's, there's a difference. I can come in, uh, I'll, I'll use this example and not talk about me. I was just at a meeting with Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I could have walked up to Evangelist Ted and shook his hand, right? Same person, shook his hand. And I, oh, whoa, I didn't fall out, didn't have anything happen to me. I just shook his hand. Why? I didn't have an expectation. 
I wasn't setting my faith to receive anything. I was just greeting him. But yet, later on in the service, as he begins to minister, now I have an expectation that he's going to come over here, he's going to pray for me, and I actually believe I'm going to receive an impartation from the Lord. I have my faith set to actually experience and receive something. And when he does, man, I'm telling you, it's like a lightning bolt. Same person, same hand, touching me, the same person. And literally, totally two different experiences because my faith was set to receive. Are you with me? So when you come into a place where ministry is happening, you have to have an expectation. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast here in just a moment. I want you to have an expectation. Hallelujah. So I want you to say the power is, it's not just like in your head. It can be felt, experienced. It's real. I'll give you a quick testimony of the encounter that I had with the power of God. When I was 16 years old, I went to a youth camp. I I gave my life to Jesus. There was a man named David Hall, Australian man that was ministering. He gave, you know, he gave an altar call. Who wants to receive Jesus Christ? I went up. I prayed the prayer, received Jesus. But then again, he began to preach about the Holy Ghost. He began to preach about the anointing. He began to preach about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and having the power of God come upon you, the fire of God coming upon you. And, And he gave a call. Who wants to receive that? The altars were packed with hundreds of kids. You know, he didn't just, okay, all right, let's start praying. No, he began. He said, I want you to cry out to God. I want you to begin to ask God to fill you. And I remember at 15, 16 years old, I said, Lord, I just, I want to be empty. Empty me. I I want your power. I want to know you. I need the Holy Ghost. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. And we continued to worship like in in that state for a good half hour, 30, 40 minutes. And so finally, I could tell he felt in his spirit, the Lord said, now is the time. He simply reached down. And he laid his hand on the first kid in the first row and a wave went off through the room. I was probably eight rows back and I was literally knocked off off of my feet on my back. Literally like a, a rushing wind went through the room, knocked me off of my feet. I got up, I was speaking in other tongues. The anointing and the fire of God came upon my life. Now I want to tell you that nobody knocked me down. There was no ushers catching me. There was, you know, I didn't like courtesy fall. I actually didn't even grow up in a church where that was common ministry. I'd never seen that before. The power of God was real. It was like a fire. All of a sudden, it's like my, my belly was on fire. I could feel it in me. I could feel it on me. The Spirit of the Lord was upon me. And in fact, I actually stood up. The first thing that I started doing, which now I'm like, oh man, this is kind of crazy. But I, I literally just started praying for the kids around me. And they started falling out under the power of God. His anointing was upon me. It's real. It can be experienced. But here's my thing. You have to seek it. You have to press in for it. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that you can like, oh, well, that was a cute message and keep scrolling on Facebook. You have to press in. It's a gift that only he can give you. Yes, he'll use other people. He may use me to give it to you. He may use your pastor or minister to give it to you. But it's him. It's him. Because I'm telling you, I could pray for you right now. And if your heart's not right with the Lord, like it's not, you're not hungry, you're not thirsty. You don't have an expectation. It won't matter at all. But there could be somebody watching this that sets their faith saying, you know what, I'm going to receive. 
I'm going to receive an impartation from the Holy Ghost. I, I'm going to have an experience with God today when He prays. If that's you, and you genuinely begin to seek the Lord, cry out to Him, press into His presence, I'm telling you right now, you will receive something. It will be tangible. It will be a measurable encounter that you will experience with the Lord. Write this down. Life is about living by this real power. So say dunamis. So we talked about dunamis. Dunamis can be felt, Luke chapter 8. Dunamis can be measured. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 4, I'm going to see if they just preach pretentious messages or they really carry the dunamis of God, the power of God. And then he says this in 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God's not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. It's living by God's, the word power, the word dunamis. Paul gives us a key to life. You have to get that power. You have to get the anointing. And then you live by it. Every day. Everywhere that you go, you live by it. Not just a bunch of Christian moral standards, which are not bad. They're great. I'm not talking about like, oh, let's just lift all the restrictions of the Bible. No. God's given us standards. God's given us instructions. But I'm talking more than just here. It's a actual, measurable, tangible power and presence. The kingdom of God's not just a lot of talk. It's not just running your mouth. It's not just saying the right things. It's living. Not just Sunday morning. Living by God's dunamis. Power. Are you with me? Turn to Acts 1, 4-9. through 9. You know, how do I get this? I'm going to answer that question. How do I receive this power from heaven? But before I do, I'm going to give you two more things and my phone's going to die, so I'm going to have to hop off. Acts. Let's see. Acts. What did I say? Acts 1, 4 through 9 is what I said. Acts 1, 4 through 9. There we go. Now I'm on track here. Acts 1, 4 through 9. Let's turn to our Bibles and read that. The power is the promise. I want you to say that. The power is the promise. So verse 4. Once while he was eating with them, Jesus, this is before he ascended to heaven, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. What's the gift? That's what I'm trying to say, guys, is this isn't some like small doctrine little thing I'm trying to teach you. This is the gift of the New Testament. And it's not just being born again, because one of my points, which is going to be a whole other thing, is there's actually a difference between being born again and, and this power that he's talking about. We can prove that scripturally. You are born. Just because you don't do signs, wonders, and miracles doesn't mean that you're not saved. You are saved. But people, they, they become believers and they stop there. There's actually more. There's actually another secondary experience, which is called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where you're endued with power from heaven. And we're going to look at that in just a second. But Acts 1, 4 through 9. 
He said, don't leave till the Father, the Father. So who gives it to you? The Father gives you the gift that He promised. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what was the gift? The gift was not just the Holy Spirit. It was this experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it's actually interesting. You can see this yourself. There's a difference. The disciples already had the Holy Spirit before Acts chapter 2. You can read that in Luke. Let's see here. Luke, or I'm sorry, John 20, 21 through 22. When Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to his disciples and he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive. So they received the Holy Ghost in John chapter 20. But yet they, something else happened in Acts chapter 2 that was different from just receiving the Holy Ghost. Being born again. You know, where literally their sin nature was cut out. Now they had the Spirit of God that would lead them and guide them. And yet they had the Holy Ghost. But something different happened in Acts chapter 2. And this is what he was saying in Acts 1. The promise was being baptized. What is being baptized? It's literally where the Spirit is poured out. Where the Spirit is upon me. This dunamis power. How do I know? Because you continue to read. Look. It says, and skip down to verse 8. You shall receive the promise. In a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Verse 8. But you will receive power. With dunamis. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So what's going to happen? You're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That this actual, measurable, real substance of power is going to come upon you. And what it will do is allow you to do the works that Jesus did. He said in John 14 that those who believe will do the, things they, the same things that I've done even greater. He said in Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those who believe. Guys, the power is for every believer. The power is for, it's the dunamis power of God. So the gift is the power. The promise is the power. Are you with me? Let's wrap it up with this. How do I get it? So you may be watching this and you're saying, man, that's wonderful, Pastor John. I love what you're saying. I want it. How do I get it? We've already covered a few things. Hallelujah. Dynamite. We've already covered a few things. But I want to show you this. How do I get it? Only God can give it to you. You have to seek Him. I was going to share with you Luke 24, 49. Look what Jesus said. I'm going to read it to you in the New King James. Behold, I send the promise. The promise. We just read what that was in Acts 1. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tearing in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. What did Jesus say? I want you guys to go in Jerusalem and I want you to wait until you receive it. What did, what did they do? Were, were they just like playing bingo? No, you read the Bible. They were in the upper room. They were in prayer. They were in this place, in this place of seeking God, His presence pressing in, literally refusing to leave, refusing to quit until they were endued with power from on high. It's the same that's true for us. I'll show you another example of this and then I'm going to close out. John 7, 37-39. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, 
Anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Here's a key. You've got to be thirsty. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be thirsty. That's what I was saying about it being a condition of your heart. Peter told the, the sorcerer, your heart is wicked. You can have no part in God's promise and the gift of God. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to be desperate. You've got to come to a place where you get in the presence of the Lord and you begin to beg God. I need, my, I need power. I need dunamis for my generation. I need dunamis for Angelina County. I need dunamis for the state of Texas. I need it for the United States of America. God, we don't need any more just preaching. We need somebody who can carry the power like Jesus, like Peter, like Paul, like the New Testament church had. You've got to come to this place of seeking, asking, believing, pressing in until you're endued with power from on high. So he said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. The power allows you to have the faith to endure all things, even in the face of death. That's right. You live by the power. The supernatural substance, it'll do everything from, you know, allow you to do signs, wonders, and miracles, to have faith, to have boldness. The power came upon Peter and he stood up and preached in front of thousands of people. Led, you know, led them to the Lord. Let's go back to this though. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. I think that I've read this a million times and missed this. Anyone, so look, Jesus says you can come and drink. What, what happens when you begin to drink this water? It will literally be a river of living water that will flow from you. That's what we saw in Luke 8. That virtue went out from Jesus like a river of living water and that lady just tapped into it. So he said, anyone, but he said, who believes in me? So there's two things here. The only people qualified to drink from the river are believers. You can't get this power. The sorcerer couldn't get the power until he repented of his sins and got right with God. So, the, guys, if you're not in covenant with God, you can't get this. It's not something that you'll be able to feel or experience or carry. You have to be a believer. Then once anybody who's a believer now can come to him and drink from the river of living water and it will begin to flow through you. You have to come and drink. You have to come and drink. So, so many people do this. They don't understand. So many people become believers, but then they just stop at being a believer. They'll become believers, and then they just, okay, I prayed the prayer, I believe. Maybe they are born again. Maybe they are, you know, on their way to heaven. But yet, they never take that next step. Now that you're a believer, now you need to come into His presence boldly before the throne of grace. Drink rivers of living water. I want to tell you, the anointing, is actually just an overflow from your personal relationship with God. Jesus often went into a mountaintop to pray. What was he doing? Drinking. Drinking. New wine of heaven. Drinking in the Spirit. Drinking, being refreshed, being refilled. The Lord literally pouring into him and everything in his life. His ministry was just an overflow of the cup that had already been filled by the river of living water. 
I know that may sound mystical and weird to you, but it's true. Guys, if you want this, you've got to, get it. You've got to learn how to get into His presence and just let Him refresh you. Let Him. Literally, I can feel it. I can lift my hands, get into the presence of the Lord, and feel the fire in my belly. Feel the Spirit surge through me. Woo! You know, just getting in His presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Overflow. Lord, let any person that's watching this come and drink, receive from you today. I loose the Holy Ghost. I loose the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name for anybody that's thirsty, anybody who wants to receive this gift from you. Let it come upon them now at the sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I loose your spirit right now. Hallelujah. I loose the Holy Ghost. I loose the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, the, the anointing knows no distance. So even though we're not in the same room, if you have a sickness, if you have a disease in your body, I want you right now, set your faith to tap into the river right now. I'm going to release a word, and I want you to have an expectation to receive it from God. Now in Jesus' name, let every sickness be cursed. Let every deficiency be healed. I curse heart disease. I curse kidney problems. I curse kidney stones. I curse stomach ulcers. I curse sinus issues. I curse hearing issues. I curse those devil spirits right now in the mighty name of Jesus, and I loose the power of God. I loose the anointing. Hallelujah. Right now in Jesus' mighty name. Reach out and grab your healing right now. In Jesus' name. Grab it. Grab a hold of it. I cast out every devil at the sound of my voice. Any person watching this broadcast wants to be free. I curse that devil spirit. I curse the spirit of fear off of their life. Fill them now, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Just thank the Lord if you receive it. Just lift your hands. Begin to pray in the Spirit. If you've never prayed in the Spirit before, now's your time. Set your faith right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for loosing that gift right now, Lord. Thank you for baptizing people in the Holy Ghost, even as they watch this broadcast. Now in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fill them with your power, Lord. Every chain being broken off in Jesus' name. 
Those that were living by fear, there's no strings attached anymore. The devil, they're not the devil's puppet. They're not fear's puppet. They're not any uh, demon spirit's puppet anymore. There's no strings attached. They are completely free now in Jesus' name. Free to live for you. Free to serve you. Free to fully carry out the ministry that you've prepared for them. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for miracles, Lord. Thank you for miracles. Shatarata dei sikora mapare de te. Harede shikaro tarede de sito. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Guys, I'm going to pray for you one more time before I do. I want to give you an opportunity if you'd like to give to this ministry. We got so many amazing things that we're running to do. Just this next week, coming up on Thursday, we have Celebrate Huntington Youth Rally. And I had planned to do my full broadcast where I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and I have you know the slides I can show you. But Windstream sucks right now, so there's, a, there's, there's an outage. So I had to just use my phone. Uh, so I'll just give you the verbal announcement. This coming Thursday in Huntington, Texas, we are having a youth rally three nights. We're bringing in evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth. It's going to be from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock. It's open to anyone, but it's really targeted from grades 3rd to 12th grade, but anybody can come. So what we're doing, guys, we're just going after it. We've mailed out over 7,000 direct mail uh, advertisements to every home in Huntington, every home in Zavala, every home in Homer, and, and 75901 area code in Lufkin. We've, we've mailed out 7,000 just articles, uh, pieces of mail, advertisements to homes all over this, this area that we're located in. We're believing God for a harvest. We're going to be giving away tons of giveaways, you know, fun stuff for kids to do. It's going to be great, awesome, and wonderful. Uh, but the main thing is people are going to come, and we're believing. I'm praying and fasting now for many people to give their lives to Jesus Christ. I believe I'm going to hear testimonies of mighty men and women of God that tell a story. When they were eight years old, they went to the park, and they encountered the very real and alive Jesus who's alive and well, and they had an encounter with the dunamis power of God. We're believing for that. We're contending for it. We're going after it. So that's just the first thing on our radar on the many things that we have had planned. We've been doing these outreaches called Celebrate Huntington just since February. We've had 70, close to 80, right under 80 salvations just from these outreaches in a town of 2,100 people. So we're going after the lost. We're building God's church and God's kingdom. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you'd like to give and stand with us, I think anybody that watches my broadcast knows what we teach about the Word of God, that that God's a covenant God. He's a God of His Word. He's a God that backs and honors His Word. And as, as I said, Jesus Christ is alive. So it's not something that you even have to hope that happens. You have a guarantee. Anything that He said He would do in this Word, He's alive and well, and He'll see to it that it gets done. And so there's a, a, a financial blessing of overflow that comes from giving and standing with ministry specifically that win the lost. Because I want to tell you, the lost is God's heart. You know, we're not here just to have church. We're here to preach the message of the gospel to those that are perishing, those that don't know Jesus. So if you're interested and you'd like to give, I'm going to give you the ways that you can give. 
I'll just do it verbally since I don't have all the, the stuff set up today. If you want to give credit or debit card, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. So NBC, it just stands for New Beginnings Church. If you can't tell if I'm saying N or M, www.nbchuntington.org. Huntington is spelt just like it sounds, huntington.org donate. If you want to do credit or debit card. If you want to give through PayPal, it's the at symbol NBC Huntington. PayPal is at symbol NBC Huntington. If you'd like to give Cash App, you can do so at dollar sign NBCHTX20. So it just stands for New Beginnings Church, Huntington, Texas, and then 20. If you'd like to do text to give, that's my favorite way, you can text the, the, your give. So text the word give and then the dollar amount to 936-209-1112. 936-209-1112. Let me pray for your seed. If you're believing for increase, if you're believing for a need to be met, if you're believing for just even exponential increase in your business, in your personal finances, in your ministry, sow a seed and have an expectation. Have an expectation today that when I release this seed, I'm actually expecting God to, like he says in 2 Corinthians 9, increase me and enrich me. I'm actually expecting as I stand behind other people and fund what they're doing, I'm expecting God, he's going to return it to me, but he's going to return it pressed down, shaken together, running over. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every seed that's sown. I thank you, Father, for covenant partners that stand with us, that are tied more than just a one-time seed, they're covenant people, people that would stand with us as covenant partners. They have a, a reward in everything that we're doing. That there's a soul or multiple souls that are going to be attached to their seed. That as they have stood with us, Lord, you're going to stand with them. You're going to bless them and multiply them and increase them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for covenant men and women of God. I just release right now, finances are coming their way. Overflows coming their way. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital N-B-C-H-T-X-20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.